Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. The following message is from our 2019 Vision Sunday, where Pastor Gary Keller casts his vision for NLCC. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 22. And whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments. So this lets me know that the only way to receive from the Lord is to be in a position where you are keeping his commandments. He said, if you love me, keep my commandments. If you want me to bless you, keep my commandments. So whatever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments. And on top of that, we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. And I want to be a man of God, a preacher of the gospel. And I want to be a person that pleases God. Amen. You may be seated. Our next verse today is found in John chapter 8 and verse 29. Jesus said, he that sent me is with me. Praise God. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. Jesus, speaking of his flesh and how the flesh of the Lord Jesus Christ came from Mary and how that his flesh had to be in subjection to the spirit, he said, I do those things, always do those things that please the eternal spirit. And if the Lord laid that pattern down for you and for me to follow and to understand, then it behooves us to be a church, a congregation, a fellowship, a, the ecclesia, the called out, the redeemed. It, it, it rests upon our shoulders to be a church that pleases God. And I want to always be pleasing in the sight of God. As the pastor of New Life Christian Center, my goal has always been to lead this great church on a spiritual path that is pleasing to the Lord. Today, it is my desire to cast a vision for you and for your family and for this church, a vision that I believe you will see is, is pleasing to the Lord. The question is, and we're going to ask this question straightforwardly today, what is required of us? What is required of us as a congregation? Now, we are embarking upon a new era. We are embarking upon a new day. God's getting ready to do great things. There's a tremendous, I just tell you, when, when you start praying like we are praying on Tuesdays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays and Sundays, things happen when you pray. Things change when you pray. And many of you have come to me and said, Pastor, we cannot be there at 
at 10 o'clock on Tuesday or Thursday or even 6 o'clock on Wednesday, but we are praying. And it has caused all of us to refocus the last few months uh, since we set this in order to be a church that prays. I believe that it is important for you and for me to be in prayer with the Lord, pray without ceasing. And you might say, well, why is it so important? Simply because the Lord Jesus Christ said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. A house of prayer where all nations can find the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. So today I want to cast a vision that is pleasing in the sight of the Lord. And the question is, what is required of us to please him? What is an acceptable vision for the future of New Life Christian Center? Uh, another question would be, what, what does God have for us to see? What, what does God want us to envision? What does he want us to see? What dreams are pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ? What would we uh, hope for that would be pleasing to him? What, what would he have us hope for? Where would he want us to place our hope and our anticipation and our expectation for the future? What are we sincerely believing the Lord Jesus Christ for? As a church, as a congregation, what are we trusting him for? What, what vision do we have that we know this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you? Whatever our spiritual vision will allow us to see, we can have. Whatever, when we get to a place where we see the way he wants us to see, not looking through the eyes of carnality, not looking through the eyes of flesh, but looking through spiritual lenses, spiritual vision, spiritual understanding of his word. Whatever that spiritual vision is, it will allow us to see. And whatever we see, we can possess that from God. I challenge you to go after God over the next few weeks as we go into the fall of 2019. I challenge you to open your heart, open your mind, open your spirit, open your vision, open your sight. See what God is doing. Understand the vision that's not coming from a preacher or from a concept, but it's coming from the word of God that God has ordained for this hour. If we can see it, we can have it at New Life Christian. Center. Hallelujah. So how important is vision? Without a spiritual vision, there is nothing out there for you but an endless void. I see so many people today that are just going on in time, void of understanding. It's talked about in Deuteronomy 32. It's talked about in Psalm 82. You look at those scriptures and it, both of those scriptures say that they are a generation void of counsel. Neither is there any understanding in them. All that they were wise that they understood this 
that they would consider their latter end. Let me tell you something today. It's vital that we have a vision that we do not fall into the trap of an endless void going on in darkness, going on without God. Because without a spiritual vision, all you have is emptiness in this thing called life. Without a spiritual vision, you are locked into a never-ending recurring of nothingness. No life, no hope, no joy, no God. Without a spiritual vision for New Life Christian Center, we have no plans to shape, no decisions to guide, no happiness to define, no passion to channel. We have no love to inspire, and notwithstanding, we have no purpose to spell out. There are a lot of churches today which allow their past to define their present and their future. But here at New Life Christian Center, we must not fall into such a trap. I thank God for our past, but we do not live in the past. We must know the plan of God, the mind of God, and notwithstanding, we must know the purpose of God for this church right now and for every day going forward. Because there are a lot of churches that meander in the lowlands of yesterday and they will eventually give in to apathy and indifference and lack of concern and lack of interest, which are all signs of a vision that has been lost along the way. We must have a vision of where God wants to take us and what God is going to do. I thank God for the last two Sundays, souls being baptized in the wonderful, powerful name of Jesus. That is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning New Life Christian Center. I thank God for souls filled with his spirit. I thank God for divine healing that has flowed. I thank God for a church that is in unity together. I thank God, hallelujah, because you get it. You see the vision, you understand, and we must go forward, hallelujah. It is not the will of God, hallelujah, for us to fall into the trap of Laodiceanism, but it's time for us to be on the front lines, fighting for every soul, believing for every heart, understanding the will of God for every lost family, that God has a purpose, and that purpose is to save them. Vision is everything. Vision is the true essence, the real meaning, and vision is at the very core of victory for every successful church. Vision is vital simply because if you can see it, you can have it. And I know, and I've shared this statement with you before, the majority only sees the obstacles. Hallelujah, but there are a few who actually see the objectives. This church is a church that sees the objectives. The vision we must catch is the fact that this church body, new life, is here for much more than just living a committed life to Jesus Christ. We are also committed to one another. We can't just, this is not just about me and it's not just about you, it's about us. Thank God for the fellowship that we have at New Life Christian Center. And thank God for the souls of men that have been saved because you've reached out to them. I've had 
time and time again in the last few weeks, people telling me that this church, as a matter of fact, it was, it was, uh, it was the, the Ferguson's that when their two boys, Hayden and Drake, were in an accident, Brother Ferguson said to me at the hospital, he said, you can't believe how our church has reached out to us. I thank God for a church that knows how to come along the side of a brother and a sister and a family in a situation that has a need, praise God. We're not just about ourselves here. This is a community, praise God. I, I have a vision that this church is going to become more and more like Jesus, and Jesus was always concerned about others. You see, having a vision is more than just looking on the bright side of things. Having a vision is more than a positive mental attitude. Having a vision is looking at God's side of things. Praise God. And that's why we have given you this book today. And I'm going to now ask that you take the little booklet out and follow along. It'll be on the big screen, but it will also be in your lap on this uh, pamphlet that we've given you. And I would start by telling you that this church, hallelujah, has a great vision. To begin with, our mission. Our mission as a body of Christ going forward, you're going to hear this across the pulpit. Our mission is to see every person find new life in Jesus Christ. You say, well, what is your mission? Our mission is to see people find new life in Jesus Christ. How do they do that? They have faith in God. They repent of their sins. They're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the remission of their sins. They are filled with God's spirit, speaking in other tongues as the spirit gives them utterance. The vision that I have is that God is going to touch and bless and strengthen. Hallelujah. I thank God for the mission to see every person find new life in Jesus Christ. Last Sunday, sitting on the front row with me, and he's like a son to me. And Caleb Fry was here, and he plays in our golf league, and he went to school with Preston and played high school golf with him. And so he came to us several years ago and was filled with the Holy Ghost. And so this past Sunday, he came because, to be quite honest with you, the Lord got a hold of him. And if you want to hear that story, I'll tell you. But the Lord woke him up, and he got a hold of us and said, I got to get back to church. Well, he was here. He might be here today. Caleb, are you here today? Praise God. Hallelujah. He came last Sunday. He sat next to me. He said, God's got a hold of me this week. I've got to get a hold of God. And the Lord beautifully refilled him with the Holy Ghost last Sunday. Praise God. And I thank the Lord for that. But the beauty of it is his wife, who knows nothing about Pentecost, absolutely nothing about Pentecost, said to him on the way home, she said, I, I, I like what I felt. I, I, I got to get baptized. Hallelujah. I, I'm going to thank God for that. Praise the Lord. That Caleb followed the Lord and his wife is following him. And they're going to be here next Sunday. Who knows what God's going to do? I'm just telling you, our mission is to see every person find new life in Jesus Christ. Our vision is simply a place 
to belong. Now for the next few moments, I want to go through our values. I'm going to go through these values and then I'm going to go back into the word of God. First of all, Jesus is our message. Our message is the good news of Jesus Christ. Throughout time, our methods will change, but we constantly and unapologetically teach and preach the message of Jesus. We believe our purpose is to share his truth with our community and our world. Number two, people are our heart. People are why we exist. No matter a person's story, we are a place for them to belong. We simply want every person to develop a relationship with Jesus Christ. Our heartbeat is for people to experience Jesus and find new life in him. Worship our lifestyle. As the church, we worship Jesus Christ in unity together. We are also committed to worshiping him in our individual lives on a daily basis. A lifestyle of worship will give us the power to live victorious lives. Excellence, our spirit. We believe God does not desire perfection, but he honors excellence. We strive to be good stewards with the talents and abilities he has given each of us. We are on time, engaged, and prepared. We do not do things half-heartedly. We give our gifts to God by using them to impact the church and our community for his glory. Generosity, our privilege. We believe the treasure for which we are, which each, which we are each entrusted does not belong to us. It belongs to God. Therefore, we give with a generous spirit from what he has given us for the purpose of impacting our local mission as well as supporting our global commission. It is our privilege to give back to God what he has so freely given to us. Strong families is our pursuit. And this basically is talking about marriage. But there are some incredible, powerful, single parents, single adults who are incredible in their relationship with God. This is dealing with marriage, but we have some that are not married that are powerful, on fire, loving God, unstoppable. Hallelujah. And I thank God for every parent. I thank God for every spouse. Maybe you're a husband or wife is not in church. Maybe you're a husband or wife has passed away. Maybe there's been a divorce. Maybe there's been, you've never been married, but you're an adult. This does not exclude you. We believe in strong families and strong families go beyond what I'm getting ready to read. It, it's about you. Hallelujah. Loving God for those that follow you. If you have people following you, then you are a leader and you can lead. Oh Lord have mercy. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Lord wants you to lead. God wants every one of us to lead people to Jesus Christ. He wants people to follow us. Hallelujah. Into the glorious gospel of Jesus. We believe strong marriages build strong families and strong families build a strong church. Our pursuit is to help everyone no matter their age find their purpose God has for their lives. When the family is strong the church is strong. And finally, servant leadership, our identity. We serve first. 
Our identity is established in our responsibility to serve others to the best of our ability. The roles might look different, but they are all important because every leader and volunteer from the parking lot to the pulpit is a servant first. That is who we are. We believe the greatest leadership position is to serve others first. And everybody say, praise God for our values. That's what you will find on our website. That's what I want people to see. New Life Christian Center is all about these values. And everybody said, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. How many want to please God? I believe this is pleasing in the sight of the Lord. Now let's go back to this message today about pleasing God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 1. Furthermore, then, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. We started this message with a scripture that goes like this, the words of 1 John 3, 22, whatsoever we ask, we receive of him, why? Because we keep his commandments and because we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Jesus said, I do always those things that please the spirit. And Paul writing to the Thessalonian church said this, that as ye have received of us, how ye ought to walk and to please God. How that you ought to walk and please God. Why? So ye would abound more and more. Somebody say more and more. Someone say abound more and more. Let me ask you a question. How many want to abound in him more and more? How many want to go deeper in the Lord Jesus Christ more and more? How many want to have a greater move of the Holy Ghost in your life more and more? How many want to see your family saved more and more? The more we get into it, the more God's going to bless it, and the more God blesses it, the more people are going to see that they can be saved. Scripture that's been on my mind for the last couple of weeks, and I've shared it around here, is the fact that the Bible says, and I'm going to paraphrase, that except the Lord draws a person, they can't be saved. And that always had a little bit, that, that always gave me pause. What, 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 what? Except the Lord draws them, they can't be saved. Well, to me that, so it almost sounds like it's predestination. The Lord says, okay, I'm going to draw you. You can be saved. Not drawing you. That didn't make any sense to me. And finally, I just, I, this couple, last couple weeks in prayer, I just, Lord, help me with this. Because unless you draw them, they won't be saved. So it sounds to me like, Lord, you're going to draw this family member, but this one you're not going to draw. You're going to pull this one into the fold, but you're going to say, that's too bad for you. That just didn't really 
make much sense to me. And then the Lord shared with me that if I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto myself and except the Lord draw them, they won't be saved, but the only way he can draw them is if we lift them him up. So if somebody's not saved, it means we haven't done our job. You're in a church that's going to lift up Jesus every time we come together because we want God to draw all men unto himself, praise God. There's no, we don't have time to play games because we stand between a lost world and a saving God. So with one hand, and we reach up and get a hold of God and with the other hand we reach down to a lost world with the ministry of reconciliation we have the ability to bring people together with Jesus and if we don't they will be lost they'll be lost you are the only hope of some people ever being saved in your world. Hallelujah. The Bible says, I'm way off of my notes, but the Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. It is not of God. It's of this world. Love not the world. Hallelujah. If you want to have revival, does anybody want to have revival? Can I get a witness? You're ready to go forward. You're ready to see this church bloom. You're ready to see God save people. You're ready for your neighbors and relatives and neighbors, associates to be saved. Are you ready for that? Hallelujah. Let me tell you how it's going to happen. Praise God. Let me tell you what the Lord would have you know today, that, that you and I have the ability to re raise him up, that he would draw all men unto himself. There's something powerful about people and a church that will lift up the name of Jesus and lift up the gospel of Jesus. And the only way they're going to be saved is if you and I have a passion to share the gospel with them. Hallelujah. It is time for New Life Christian Center to come together, praise God, and declare we are going to lift up the name of Jesus. We're going to lift up the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are going to be a city set on a hill that cannot be hid. There will not be a bushel over our light. We will not hide the gospel. I am not ashamed. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek. The world is standing up for their cause. They're not ashamed to talk about all the things that they believe in now and, and they don't believe in this word anymore but you're in a church, hallelujah, that has a vision to bring the gospel of Jesus to a lost world. This will save you and keep you saved in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Everybody say abound. More and more. Look at this. Jesus said, furthermore, how then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by Jesus Christ, by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us, how you ought to walk and please God. 
Mm. I wish I had somebody on a B3 organ right now. <laughs> Hallelujah. When we evangelized, you were the success of all of my preaching. Because I would get to preaching and you'd get on the organ and you would tear that thing up. People would come down and get saved and people always thought it was me. I've never told you this. It was always your organ playing that did it. <laughs> Praise God. I'd get to preaching and she'd get I could use a little organ music right now. If somebody get a blowtorch and pry her off the front row. Let me make it plain. Would the first lady of the church make her way to the organ? Hallelujah. I have a vision of me ending this sermon and you taking over on the organ. That's my vision. You've got to catch the vision. Don't shake your head no. You've got to catch the vision. Hallelujah. I see it. Hurry up. You know what this is all about. You've dealt with us for 25 years, praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah, give me the key of C. That's pretty good, okay. Choose any, any key you want. Praise God. Tone it down a little bit, I'm not there yet. <laughs> praise God. How you ought to walk and please God. Does anybody want to walk with God? Does anybody want to please God? What happens when you please God so that you would abound more and more? Paul is saying this to the church. He's saying, if you please God, you will abound more and more. I looked it up. I looked it up, I shared it with the church on Wednesday, I share it with you again. Abound in the Greek means to super abound. Mm. To be in excess of, to cause to excel, which means make more. To cause to abound, which means to have more. It means abundance, which means to be more. Another word, abundant, which means to be better, to excel, to exceed, to increase and remain over and above. So when the Lord God inspires Paul to preach and says you ought to walk and to please God so that you would abound more and more. He's saying if you please God, you're going to super abound. You're going to go make more, have more, be more, be better, over and above. You have received of us how you ought to walk and please God so that you would abound forever. When you please God, you will make more out of your life. 
When you please God, you'll have more in your life. When you please God, you'll be more in your life. When you please God, you'll be better at living your life. When you please God, you'll live over and above all things. God takes pleasure in his people living by faith. Yes. Hallelujah. I saw you this morning, Brother Lee. I saw you this morning. I saw you this morning. Hallelujah. While we was worshiping, you came and knelt right here. Right there. You knelt down before the Lord while we were worshiping. And I leaned over to Brother Bethel and said, you know why? Brother Lee's worshiping God. He knows where God's brought him from. Oh, yeah. He knows where God's brought him from. I, you know, every once in a while, we need to remember where God brought us from. Every once in a while, we need to say, you know, God brought me out of the miry clay. God set my feet on the rock to stay. God put a song in my soul today, a song of his praise, hallelujah. We need to all pause and say, thank you, Jesus, for bringing me out. Oh, hallelujah. Abound more and more. And when you, if you're going to please God, if you're going to please him, I'm almost done. If you're going to please him, you got to have faith. Hebrews chapter 11, verse number six. Without faith, it is Im impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Not Muhammad, not Confucius, not Harry Krishna. Ah, you got to believe that he is. I love what Johnny James said. He said, I went to all my Muslim friends and he said, they all changed their last name to Muhammad. And he said, so I met up with them. They were his friends in Michigan. He said, I met up with them and another one had changed his name to Muhammad. And he said, that was it. I finally had enough. And they said, how you doing, Johnny? And he said, my name is not Johnny. Well, how you doing, Mr. James? He said, my name is not James. My name has officially been changed to Johnny James Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, you're looking at Gary Allen Keller Jesus. He's the first and the last. He is my God. I'm not ashamed to call him my God. He's not ashamed to call me his child. I say with the Apostle Paul again, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth. This church has to have a vision that this is right. This is the way. This is the truth. This is the life. Jesus is the answer. Come on, church. Let's have a vision of what Jesus wants to do. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The Lord takes pleasure in those that respect him. The Lord hath taketh pleasure in them that fear him. That word fear means respect. In whom that hope, in those who hope in his mercy. 
God takes pleasure in those that love his house. Does anybody love this house? You know why I love this house? Because I feel him every time I walk in here. Oh, I feel him, his presence. Haggai chapter one, verse eight. Go up to the mountain. Mm. Bring wood and build the house. Go up to the mountain. Get some lumber and build the house. And the Lord said, I will take pleasure in it and I will be glorified, saith the Lord. We built this house at 2642 Columbus Lancaster Road in Lancaster, Ohio. In 1978 and 1979, this house was built. We went to the mountain. Some of you were here, you went to the mountain. You went to several banks to get the loan. You built this house, you brought the wood, you built the house, and God has taken pleasure here since 1978, and he's been glorified here. Guess what, nothing's gonna change. We're gonna keep on glorifying him, we're gonna keep magnifying him. This is still his house, and he said it is a house of prayer. So, let me semi-close with this. When we bring our worship and our praise and our ministry and our love for him into this house of worship and when we glorify the Lord Jesus Christ in this house, he inhabits the praises of his people. Oh, Lord. Now, before you answer this quickly, before you answer my last question quickly, pause and listen to the last verse that I'm going to read. My question for you is this. Are you, not your neighbor, not your family, you. Are you, not Brother Bethel, not Brother JJ, not Brother Preston, not Brother Lee, you. Are you ready for the question? Are you ready for the rapture? Now let me read the scripture. And then you can answer the question. I'm going to Hebrews chapter 11 for my last verse today, our last chapter in verse five. Hebrews 11, five. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Brother Merrick, Enoch was just all of a sudden Rapture's not going to be anything new. It happened with Elijah. Fiery chariot. It happened with Enoch in the Old Testament. It's translated. So it begs the question, what qualified Enoch 
to be raptured, to be caught away, to be taken from this earth. By faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found. You know why nobody can find him? Because God had translated him. You know why God translated him? For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Whatsoever we ask, we receive of him because we keep his commandments and we do those things that are pleasing in his sight. If you want to go in the rapture, you've got to please God. Every step that you take, Enoch had no idea it was coming. He just walking down the road, one moment, boom, on Mother Earth, the next morning, translated into the presence of God forever and was not found. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. This mortal body is going to put on immortality. This corruption, incorruption. And we shall be changed in the moment and the twinkling of an eye. The trumpet of God is going to sound and the dead in Christ are going to rise first and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together and so shall we ever be with the Lord. If your plans are to go in that day, you've got to be pleasing him in this day, pleasing God with your worship, with your love, with your commitment, with your vision. That's the vision for New Life Christian Center. My goal is to make sure Everybody in this room makes it in the rapture when Jesus comes. Clap your hands under the Lord. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord liveth. Let's stand. Blessed be my rock. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. He makes my feet like hinds feet and sets me up on high places. My vision for New Life Christian Center is that God would make our feet like hinds feet and set us on high places. Job understood that when he said, repeat after me, there is a place. This is from your Bible. Repeat it again. There is a place where the lions whelps. That's the baby lions. The lions whelps, Brother Vern, have not passed by. And the fierce lion has not passed by. Job said, there's a place. Woo! There's a place you can get in God where the little foxes, the little whelps can't move you.
And even if the big lion shows up, he can't move you because you've trusted in the Lord. Thank you, New Life Christian Center. From 1932 with S.R. Hanby until this day, the message has never changed and it never will because this is the message. And this will get us there because Jesus is coming back. I know we don't preach about it too much anymore, but the second coming of the Lord, he's on his way back. He's coming again, and I want to be ready. That concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.